Warning. This episode contains foul language, extremely scary stories, and sounds that may be disturbing to some listeners. Listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things that go bump in the night, all things eerie, spooky, creaky, sneaky, and everything in between. Each week we sit down and we talk about something weird. This week is our very special Halloween episode. So we couldn't do anything but a very special edition of Listener Ghost Stories. (laughs) (laughs) These episodes give us the chance to read stories from you, our spooktacular listeners and friends, and we get to share the strangest and scariest tales we ever did here. Whether you're carving your pumpkin, prepping the candy bowl, hanging up spider webs, or just snuggling up with some apple cider, this episode is the perfect way to kick off your Halloween weekend. We hope you'll stay for a fright. (laughs) My name is Lauren, and this is my co-host, Ashley. Hello, (laughs) Vietos. Felt like we had to come in slightly spookier this time. For sure. I love our Halloween episodes. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Happy Halloween in two days. Super pumped about it. Halloween weekend is here. Two more days till Halloween. 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 I watched uh, Halloween 3 last night. That movie's so fucking dope. I don't understand why people don't talk about it more. I understand why it was a flop because they were going with the original idea for Halloween where every year it would be like a different story that takes place on Halloween, which is so amazing. I'm so sad we didn't get that franchise, but um, I know it's I know why it was a flop because everyone was like, where's Michael Myers? But it's such a good movie. It's such a good horror movie. And I, I just am wish now realizing that Ashley, you are someone that will always fight for the third movie in a franchise: Exorcist, Exorcist Three and Halloween. Halloween Three. 3. I'm sure there's another one. Wait, what's Nightmare on Elm? What's the third Nightmare on Elm? Dream Street? Warriors. I'll also fight for Dream Warriors. You know exactly. what I won't fight for? Friday the Thirteenth Three. It's garbage. But Friday the Thirteenth Four. That is true. It's my favorite that Friday is the Thirteenth. True. I need yep. to see more of the Friday the Thirteenth. I think I've only gotten up to four, but I know that there's eight thousand. So I need yep. to see the other there's... one. So many. I'm not sure uh, how it happened, but all of our stories today are long as hell. So sure if this are. episode is a million hours long, I apologize. But also, do I? Do it's I a apologize? Bit of sorry, not sorry, because it's Halloween, yeah. and so if it's long, it's, it's long, Halloween. y'all. You're welcome. How about yeah. that? <laughs> but let's not waste any time. Before we get into it, I want to give a very special happy Halloween and welcome and thank you to our new patrons. Woo. This month, we were joined by Deja, who you will hear at least one story from today. And at we least. also added Ashley Trinkner, Holly Korzanowski, and Allie Gore to the Weirdo Club. Hi, new friends. Oh, my God. 
Sorry, what? could you hear that? Yeah, of course. What was that? My God, I think our neighbor just like dropped a bowling ball. Sorry, that like made that me jump out of a, my skin. That wasn't in your apartment? <sighs> no, that was on the floor above. Oh my God, my oh, heart. My God. I thought your microphone <sighs> fell. No, they just dropped something on their floor. Woo, I'm a little shaken up. That I Seriously. thought like I was being shot. Like, Maybe they died. Know. Oh, they, I literally, well, if they didn't just drop a... I know. <laughs> <laughs> really dark if they didn't just drop a bowling ball like i don't know what that could have been that was insane i kind of want to be like alex you might need to go check on them Ooh, okay well anywho. well now that your adrenaline oh it's a I very know. spooky episode because <laughs> our neighbors pumping. are dying yeah hi new friends thank you hi, so much for friend. donating to our show and helping us produce um content we love you and I want to wish a very special happy 35th birthday. I think it's 35th. Happy 35th birthday to listener of the show turned friend, Laura Shapovalov. Yes. We love talking to you online. You have such a beautiful and wonderful family, and we just think you deserve the world. And um, I hope you have the happiest birthday and the spookiest Halloween. Very happy birthday. We love chatting with you, Laura. So great. And one last thing, I just wanted to fill you guys in now so it doesn't come to a huge shock to you later. After this week, um, I officially begin my moving process, and we are going to end this season a little early. November 19th, I believe, will be the last official episode of season five, but we do hope that we can record a special Christmas episode for you once I'm safely in Illinois. Safe and sound and settled. Yeah. It's just a matter of like packing up all my stuff. The last like three weeks that I'm here, I plan on not doing anything podcast wise except for obviously all of our bonus episodes. So if um, you are a patron of the show, we will still be releasing all our bonus episodes every month. So if you do want to make sure you're getting content, even when we're on hiatus, just head to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast. That's all the old business, I think. I Yeah, probably. I was going to throw in just one other note, and I feel like it's always important to say when we do listener ghost stories that if you don't hear your story on this episode, do not worry. We hold on to everyone's stories. We receive a lot of submissions, which we are obsessed with. Always send us your stories. Absolutely. We keep them all in a file. It just, it takes us time to sort through them all and get them on the air. And again, the ones that we have for tonight are super long, so we have fewer than we usually do just because of length but we appreciate you writing in we love discussing the creepy crawly stories together regardless if they make it on the show or not we you know we love hearing your theories so keep writing in but don't fret if you don't hear it this evening yeah and also sometimes we just save them like i moved in a a story i was supposed to tell on this week's episode to next week's episode because it fits in the theme and i had a lot to say about it. So I was I'm like, so tight. happy to hear you say that because I received like three stories going with next week's theme, which I don't know if we've revealed yet, but I am saving <laughs> them as well because they're just too good. We'll reveal it at the very end of this episode. It's really okay. exciting. And it then is. that makes sure that you guys can't escape and you have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> <Sorry> <laughs> You're about trapped. It. All right. But yeah. We let's jump tell in? some spooky stories. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm excited. I'm going to kick us off with a story from a listener named Ella May. 
Ella May. I know. What a name. It may like or may Ellie not Mae be. Like Ellie May Clampett? Is that her name? <laughs> yes. Oh, I this love is, it. I'm not going to lie, this is a name that's used instead of a real name. It was requested oh, that I well, use the name right. Ella May, so, but it is really adorable. Well, you got good taste, Ella May. <laughs> Ella May says... Hey, weirdos. First, I have to say I love your show. Being a weirdo myself, I find listening to your show is just like hanging out with my buds, talking shit, and spooking each other out. So thank you for that. Thank you, LMA. Okay. And then she says, This is a tale that actually involves multiple generations of my family. I grew up in the very small podunk town of Vernal, Utah, less than 20 miles away from Skinwalker Ranch. Very religious and far from any other town in this region of Northeast Utah. The tale starts with an abusive father, my mother's father, in fact. He was a pretty evil man, filling his children's heads with fear and regular physical abuse. It was no life for any child. And as time went on and the children got a little older, my mom's brother turned to the satanic Bible and Ouija boards as a way to escape. He had absolutely no idea what he was doing and must have called in some evil entities. Shit started to go off the rails at that point. And I must preface this tale with a small detail. There had been a little boy who drowned in the bathtub while his babysitter was distracted at this house. Not sure when, but long before my mom's parents moved in. This little boy had haunted the house for years, and some of his antics included walking up and down stairs, not quite getting to the bottom stair, and not quite reaching the top stair. Ashtrays would fly off the tables and crash into walls. The piano in the home would play all by itself. Temperature changes regularly. Feelings of dread. There was tapping. Cabinet doors would open by themselves, etc. So all kinds of things were going on. My belief is that when my uncle brought the satanic Bible and the Ouija board into the house, he summoned something evil to come through. Shit started popping off after he had a session with the Ouija board. My aunt's boyfriend would often stay the night and would experience intense pressure on his chest and he could not breathe. This would happen almost every night that he stayed in the house. Growling would come from the basement. Extremely cold air would radiate out of the door into the kitchen. I only went down there once and thought I saw a black form or some sort of mist in the far right corner of the room that scared me right back up the stairs. My grandfather's behavior got even more evil to the point of his eyes turning black sometimes and the abuse also intensified. My mom is a very sensitive empath and could literally feel the evil in that house. She and her sister and brother burned that Ouija board in a 50-gallon barrel in the backyard only for it to show up in my uncle's dresser drawer the next morning. And this happened twice. They burned the board and it showed back up undamaged twice. I think they eventually buried it somewhere or threw it in a lake. I can't remember, but it's gone. Eventually, my grandma found the courage and left that evil man. One of the last memories I have of that house is while I was a young girl driving away and looking through the front door to see those stairs and seeing a little boy's leg standing on the second to last stair. He even had on long socks and black old-timey shoes that I remember perfectly. I could see the leg so clearly that I just know it couldn't have been a dream. I live in California now, and every time I go back home, I still have a weird draw to this house. It's been empty since the mid-80s, and at one point it was used as a storage building for an antique dealer, but I think it's just empty now. It's still standing for some ungodly reason, fenced off and empty. This last spring, I had to go back for a funeral. So my cousin and I are really into the occult and witchcraft and are both sensitive empaths, and I wanted to show her the house and see if she could get any vibes from the house. 
The second we pulled into the driveway, my heart started to race, my chest got tight, and her fingers were starting to tingle. We got out and started to approach the house. I stayed back because all the fibers in my being were screaming at me to stay away. But my cousin, who's a little braver, went up through the chain link fence, got to the back of the house so she could look in. I told her about the cellar and if she could see it from the window she was looking into, which was right off the kitchen. She said yes, and that all of the cabinet doors and drawers were open. All of them. No one lives there, so no human could do this, but they were all open. She also heard tapping and groaning coming from inside the house. She wanted to go in because she's a crazy person, and I got spooked and said we had to leave. I took a few pics of the house, which I will attach to this email, so we'll we'll look at those and we'll post those for you guys. Um, But I have no idea why the house is still standing. I know why it's empty because no one could bear living there and it's evil. Yet I still want to go back and there's some sort of draw that brings people in. I think it knows me and my family and I will always want to go visit that damned house. Yikes, bikes. Yikes, bikes indeed. It does. Does this feel like a situation to you where it's it's the house that is like harboring the energy in regardless of like people? Doesn't it kind of seem that way that it's not? Yeah. I mean, I just keep thinking of uh, I just started reading Salem's Lot. Thanks to Billy last week (laughs) and all of our listeners. Thank you, guys. Everyone that wrote in that was like, Ashley, you have to read Salem's Lot. (laughs) Um, So I am. All right. I'm on Chapter 20. It's really good. Yes, ma'am. But there's a house in the book called the Marston House where, you know, the strange people move into. And it's like a house in town that like no one's lived in for I don't know how many years. And one of the characters was talking about how like sometimes you can't take your eyes off of it. Mm. And that's what like I immediately was like, it's like the Marston House. It sounds Um, exactly like that. (laughs) Oh, it's so creepy. Yeah, it's super creepy. Yeah, you like you can't help it. That's what it sounds like is happening here. You just something is telling you to go there. Something's telling you to look at it, but it's awful. Yeah. I hate the imagery. We've talked about this on the show before because of the movie Sixth Sense and the scene mm-hmm. where all of the cabinets and drawers are open. Yep. Like it's such an unsettling sight and that's all I can imagine when she said that part of the story. And I'm just like, no, especially if you know nobody has been in that house in yeah. years. I just hate it. I will say never get a cat because I go into, I mean, our hall cabinets are always open. Our dresser drawers are always open because Penny will just like scooch the dresser drawer open so she can crawl in. So you walk in and like three dressers are open. You're like, (gasps) and then you're like, oh, there's cat hair all over my clothes. It was fucking Penny. It was the kitty cat. I also know what she's talking about um, when she mentioned her grandfather's eyes turning black because... Some yeah, people I've heard that a couple might times. hear that and be like, "Yeah, fucking right." But it happens to me. Um, I have brown eyes, and they're they're a darker brown, but in the sunlight, they're like very golden, like light brown. Mm-hmm. If I am sick or not feeling well, they are like so dark you can't see my pupils. Mm-hmm. So right. I think that absolutely happens with people um, with emotional changes too, like anger and stuff. Right. Yeah, funny enough, one of my other stories that I'm reading later this episode also has the black eye experience going on. And so I, I I know I was like, the what is happening to all experience. of our listeners? The black <laughs> eye experience is now the like phenomenon a haunted will be called. I know. <laughs> but I thought it was so interesting that two of mine had it. And yeah, it's, it absolutely is real. And I think if you wow. have anger or possibly a little evil inside, it could come out. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you, LMA. That story was uh, sufficiently fucking creepy. Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> My first story today comes in from Carissa. Hello, Carissa. Hi, Carissa. And just FYI, you should absolutely check out their craft business. It's thecraftywarrior.net. That's where you can find it. And it is on hiatus right now, but it should be back in business for Christmas this year. So if you want some original craft ideas or crafty like items, that's where you should head for your Christmas shopping. Love it. But Carissa has a very, very (laughs) scary story. And I'm going to tell you. I don't know if I'm ready. (laughs) Carissa says, I used to have a delivery route, third shift. Part of my route had me passing through a national forest. The first few weeks going through this forest had the hairs on my arms standing up. It was in the first week that one day I stopped to get gas at the town just before going into the forest. I never walked away from the car. I used my card at the pump, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as I get to the forest, I feel like something is in my car with me. Okay. In the back seat. No. Ashley, I just talked about this, first of all. Something being in my back seat. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. I didn't see anything through the rear view, and I was petrified of turning around. But I knew what it looked like all the same. To sum it up, it was an old lady with a face similar to the scream mask with long, stringy gray hair. Excuse me, Carissa. No. No. I'm upset. After a few weeks, I come to peace with whatever the fuck is guarding the forest. Basically told it that I respect the forest, I'm not here to tear things up, litter, whatever. Months later, and I'm being sent off to other areas to fill in. And I'm friends with the guy that took over my route, and one night we're both talking before the routes were set out to load up, and I asked him if anything had ever joined him on his route. He knew exactly what I was talking about. Oh, jeez. Knew it was in the National Forest, and that something was in his back seat. Only his was some jackal-headed creature, not an old lady. Later, I asked someone else that used to have that route if they had seen strange things, again, in the forest. And it got to be amusing, since I filled in on that route or anything. I never had problems anymore on that stretch. I used to see other weird things out here, though, mostly weird lights. One night I thought there was a police car somewhere until I realized the forest was way too dense in this area for a car to be in there. There were just weird flashing blue and red lights. There's camping areas out there, but not on that main road. I usually don't discuss this much because people try to explain things away, but they weren't there, and I saw what I saw. So I talked to Carissa, and she was saying that this took place in the Monongahela National Forest in West Virginia. Which, first of all, Point Pleasant, anyone? Mothman? No? Hey, I see you. So, let me tell you, when I Googled that national forest, and then I just typed in the word P, the first thing that came up was Monongahela National Forest Paranormal Activity. So, Carissa, you are not the only one who has had experiences there. not crazy. In fact, it is a hotbed for strange activity. And I actually saw another story on another forum. It's super, super short. I just wanted to share with you another example of the weirdness that takes place there. So, this was written in by an older gentleman, and I don't have a name. But 
Okay. In the early morning hours of December 1st, 1997, I was hunting with my son when I heard some weird sounds coming from a nearby gully. The sounds observed were similar to that of a woman screaming, followed by a strange sort of chatter as if someone were playing a recording of human-like conversations backwards. Hmm. The environment is very wooded and follows along the Middle Fork River. The point of observation was near the boundary of the Cranberry Wildlife Preserve. I've been to that area several times before. I've witnessed black bear, deer, bobcat, grouse, you name it, but I've never heard such a spine-tingling sound as I heard that morning. And no, I have not returned. Yeah, I would not either. No. Well. But it just seems it seems like it's one of those window areas, like it's John exactly Keel would what say. You've been saying, yeah, this national forest is that same area that's just a hotbed for this yeah, activity. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like it's one particular thing. Like it's not oh. just UFOs. It's not just Bigfoot. It's not just ghosts. There's like creatures that guard the forest that sit in your back seat. There's <sighs> like strange sounds. And a lot of the time when people talk about being in the woods and they're like, I could have swore I heard a woman screaming. It's like, was it this? And you play like the sound of, you know, a bobcat or a fox. And they're like, oh, maybe. <laughs> because sometimes yeah. they sound like fucking screaming children or screaming women. Bobcats especially. I can't oh, believe how much they sound like a human. But when it's experienced, like hunters that say they heard weird shit in the woods, I listen to them because they know woods sounds. Yes, they, they know, know what, what they're supposed to be hearing. Like. And they know what's, yeah, if something is off, they know. That's like um, back in my hometown, in my like backyard at night, you can hear so many things. You can hear bullfrogs, you can hear bugs, right. you can hear whatever. And there's a sound that sounds like the sound in the Blair Witch Project. You know when it sounds like there's rocks being thrown? Yes. That sound? So you can hear that in my backyard, in my hometown. And it used to scare the shit out of me because I was like, the fucking Blair Witch is out there. Because I do, <laughs> my parents live in the middle of the woods. And I was yeah. like, it's the Blair Witch. We're all going to die. Um, until I talked to my dad about it. And he was like, that's deer hitting their antlers on stuff. Oh, that's was like, kind of cute. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you know, they, they sort of like um, file their antlers down. Oh my. So they don't get too big and they like they like hit it on, you know, rocks and trees and shit. And that's what you're hearing. And I was like, well, don't I feel like a real dumb Silly idiot, Billy. dumb, dumb. <laughs> what you thought was such a horrifying sound was actually the cutest Something thing in the adorable. world. It's just Bambi. <laughs> Bambi just filing down the antlers. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> precious. Uh, but thank you, Carissa. That was very scary. And I'm I actually like how she handled that with like the whole like um, i'm not yeah. here to tear your shit up i'm just i'm i'm driving through sorry about the exhaust yeah exactly <laughs> like i, I come in peace this vehicle <laughs> this is fine i'm sorry for everything i can't wait till our cars are electric i'm <laughs> sorry i want to believe that i would be that cool calm and collected but instead for i would sure. scream and drive off the road as yeah. we've discussed before yeah but you would uh Listen, we wouldn't survive. All right, we wouldn't survive yeah, a horror movie. I'm not. It. I'm not fooling anybody. Yeah, I am. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I've learned enough in my trap. No, <laughs> I'm dead, and it's fine. I'm definitely dead, but you know what? I've had a good run. Know thyself, right? right? <laughs> and own it. I am who I am. <laughs> that's all that I am. And that's all that I am. Okay, my next story is from listener Brittany. Hello, Hi. Brittany. Hi, Britt. 
Thanks for writing in. She had a couple of stories, so I'm just going to stick with one. Cool. That freaked me out. <laughs> Brittany writes, <laughs> my most recent spirit encounter was back in March of 2021. So just earlier Damn. this year. I, I know. I was like, okay, recent. I was on an extended visit in Florida. I was to be there for about three months. I assume that she's meaning for work. Yeah. And so my mother and I rented out a two-bedroom apartment. I'd be staying in one of the rooms with my daughter while my mother shared the other with my son. The first day we got to the apartment, I could definitely feel that someone was there, but I felt no threat. I'd go to sleep and I'd hear the bathroom door, which the bathroom door was in the bedroom, moving, and I'd for sure hear someone walking around the room at night going in and out of the bathroom. I could barely sleep the first two weeks I got there. I had crazy insomnia, which is not normal for me at all. And when I did fall asleep, I would wake up at 3 a.m. every single night with the heavy feeling of a presence in the room with me. I took this as the spirit needed to tell me something, but since it was really dragging it out, I finally begged it to please just let me be and to let me sleep in peace. After saying this, I was able to sleep. But I started to wake up with huge bruises on my thighs and calves. My friends and family all seemed to think they looked like palm and fingerprints. And about two weeks before our extended visit was over, my son, who is also very sensitive to things, said he walked past the closet in our room, which was a walk-in closet and where most of the energy was coming from. And he said he saw a white man folding laundry with blonde hair combed over to the side. I'm assuming he means a modern-day hipster hairstyle. He described his outfit in so much detail, and he also said that when he turned back to see if he was crazy, the guy was still there, but he started to fade very slowly. Even after 20 years of incidents, I sometimes still question my sanity, so after my son finally had a sighting, I knew I wasn't crazy after all. At the same time, my brother happened to be visiting. He's Muslim and said he would play a verse from the Quran. And I told him I didn't want to chase the poor ghost guy off, but my brother said it would only be for evil and negative entities. And if whatever this figure was were to leave after playing this verse, then he was clearly negative. Sure enough, after we play from the Quran, there is no longer an energy. So yikes, something negative was in my room. And that is how she ended the first story, but then she wrote in in August, sending an update, saying that nothing happened for a while after that energy left, but like as she was writing this, she said, just the other night, I was sleeping in my mom's bed. We both woke up at 3 a.m., and my mom said she saw something standing over my head, and she screamed, hell no, we aren't doing this tonight, and the figure (laughs) ran out of the door. Ew! And Brittany also says, I am getting the bruises on my legs again. Okay. So we're going to need to get an update again, because obviously that was in August, but not great that after she had a little breather, we're getting some dark shadows and bruises again. So Brittany, we're going to need you. We need to get this darkness out of there, man. The entity might not necessarily be evil. As much as it just might not be a great guy, like kind of like Ben was where like I never felt that it was an evil entity or it was demonic in any way, mostly because I don't necessarily believe in that. But he was kind of a dick. He was an asshole. And he told us he was an asshole. And we did that investigation. And we were like, do you like to scare women? And he was like, very much. Yes. I it's my favorite (laughs) pastime to scare the ladies. 
Yeah, I definitely get that same vibe from Britney's story where I think whoever this blonde guy hanging out in the closet is, he might just kind of be a dick. Like, and Yeah, he... I mean, it could have been a guy who like beat his wife, you know what I mean? Like an abusive right. piece of shit. And uh, not that that makes it any better for you who's sure. living with him. And getting um, these bruises all yeah, over the Yeah, I just wouldn't necessarily rush to believing that it was something evil and you need an exorcist or anything like that at the same time you want to get rid of it and that's totally fine and you absolutely should because honestly i'm kind of like bring the quran back in because that was working the first time or just try more of the talking with it and the hey can you please leave i really need to get some sleep because that at least quieted him for a bit and allowed the sleep but i guess the bruises were still coming so i'm not exactly sure well and i also just kind of feel like a lot of the time when it seems like they're acting out like this that they do need someone to listen to it's like they need therapy and like one Mm -hmm. that's not your responsibility (laughs) sure you don't need to take care of this I need guy. therapy. I don't need to be giving you therapy. But at the right. same time, maybe if you did spend a little time and just being like, I don't know what you went through. I don't know what you're going through right now. And I'm really sorry that you had such a rough time in life and you're having such a rough time now. But I'm not here to- I can't be your punching bag. Yeah, I can't be your punching bag. Don't do this to me. I didn't deserve this. Right. And just like, see I'm what also happens. trying to live my life. Can yeah. we- can See what happens when you reason with him and maybe he's like, oh, shit. All right. Yeah. Sure. Dick that's move. That's not a bad idea. Dick move, bro. But also bring that Quran back in because that seemed. <laughs> that did really seem to work. Your brother seemed knew like what worked. was up. <laughs> Thank wow. you, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. Bruises. Bruises and scratches. Like, I know they happen. I've witnessed it happening. And uh, I just don't know. It goes against so much that I, like, kind of believe in. But Same. That's I think the, that's why it's hard. Yeah, that's the thing with believing, though, and skepticism is that, like, uh, my mind can always be changed. You know, I also right. didn't believe that a spirit followed people until one mm-hmm. followed me. And I didn't believe in dark entities and possession at all in any way or demonic whatever until I read that book. And, like, that was not a normal thing to happen. Right. So, yeah. you know. Be flexible, I guess. Yep. Be open-minded. <laughs> Always. Open-minded. Your opinions can change, and that doesn't mean that you're – I think that's a big problem these days with, like – I don't want to get political, but, like, a lot of politics where, like, people will be like, you know, this is what I believe in, and be like, really? Because that's not what you believed in last year. And it's like, yeah, it's called research because and I learning. Learned. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I am with COVID. still learning and educating myself. Yeah. Yes. Oh my I mean, gosh. Like they said, is... we didn't need masks. Now we all of a sudden need masks. It's like, yeah, they've never dealt with this disease before, and they're learning just like we are. It's not fucking rocket science. Things evolve and they change, and when they change, then like we have to present that new information yeah. and change what we're doing, and that's why the mask thing was. You know, kind of on and off for a while. Of course, it was annoying. We were told we didn't need them, and then we did. We were told the mandate was over, and then it came back. But yeah. you know what? No one was ready for the Delta variant. We learn. Yeah, it it's, happens. Y- it's okay you get to take new in new information, information, and you apply it, and that's, that's right. what it's like to be. I actually saw a meme once that was really wonderful, and it was like two sort of like not stick figures, but like two like human outlines, and one of them was very colorful. 
And the other one was sort of just white with like a little bit of color on the edge. And the one that was white said to the colorful one, you've changed. And the colorful one said, we're supposed to. Ooh. And that that meant a lot to me because I've had people tell me like, you've changed since high school or college or whatever. It's like, like yeah, oh, no shit. So. If I didn't, I that would so. be an issue. I get that all the time just from, yeah, moving out to L.A. Like, oh, you're so different from when you lived in Illinois. Well, yes, it, yeah. there is a lot more I've lived, culture out here. I'm sorry. Yeah, but also I've lived, you know, over a decade I've, Yeah, I've of lived my out life. here for almost 13 years now. Like, I've, I seen, would I've hope, seen a lot of things. I would hope that even if I never left Illinois and I was still in Illinois, that I would have also still changed as a person. Because if you don't change, well, yeah, everyone what would. are you doing? Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ranting and raving. This episode is brought to you by Liquid Death. Liquid Death. Are you bored with your everyday water? Want a swift, refreshing punch to the mouth? <laughs> Want to look cool as hell while also staying hydrated and saving the planet? Well... It's time for you to try Liquid Death. Liquid Death. Liquid Death is a mountain spring water straight from the Alps, and the best part of it is that it comes in a tall boy can that looks exactly like your favorite beer. Yep. Want to go to a party and not get hassled about why you aren't drinking? Well, first of all, it's 2021 and everyone needs to get over it. But <laughs> if you're carrying around some Liquid Death, you'll fly under the radar all night. Liquid Death seems like a strange name for a brand of water, but let me tell you, they are killing the game murdering your thirst and helping bring death to plastic bottles. They donate 10% of their profits from every single can sold to fight plastic pollution. And I think that is the coolest. We love that journey for them. Head to liquiddeath.com slash keep it weird to get free shipping on your purchase of water or merch. You can find Liquid Death at Whole Foods and 7-Eleven. But if you want to sell your soul like we did, head to liquiddeath.com slash keep it weird and join their country club. If you order two or more cases of this delicious cold water, you'll get a free t-shirt along with it. Head to liquiddeath.com slash keep it weird to become a badass like you've always dreamed of. Liquid Death. Uh, our next story comes in from listener Ashling, which I love that name. Um, Ashling. That is a very cool name. <laughs> and it's a story that takes place in Ireland. She's from Ireland. Ooh, ah! Even cooler. We love our international listeners so much. Not more than our American listeners. It's just really <laughs> exciting when people all the way on the other side of the world know my Listen voice. Listen to okay? our podcast. It's awesome. Uh, Ashling has a, it's a little bit of a longer story, but boy, is it fucking worth it. So excited. Oh, it's worth it. Okay. Ashling says, one year, myself and two friends took a trip to stay in this house before we potentially separated and went off to college. It was myself, my friend Jamie, and my friend... Oops, I forgot to look up the pronunciation of this name. Hold on. I want you to try. N, N as in Nancy, I-A-M as in Mary, H. Oh my gosh, someone did a TikTok with this name in it, so I wish I could remember. I know that it was not what I expected it to it's be. It's Neve. 
Neve. That's what it was. And I was wow. like, where's the V? Boy, oh boy. <laughs> and if I say, here's the deal. <laughs> Maybe I'll just leave this in. So if it's not Neve, it's yeah. um, not my fault. It's Google. Google yep, did this. There you go. It was myself, my friend Jamie, and my friend Neve. We were very excited when looking on Airbnb, and we found a listing for an annex building on a very old house in the Midlands outside a place called Ringtown. It was on a reduced price, had very good reviews, Wi-Fi, kitchen, fireplace, and was located on a private lakefront. We booked it right away, and a few days later, I got a lift from my mom down to the place on the map as we didn't want to leave the car with us as I didn't own my own car yet. And was driving the family car. Now, this is the point where Ashling sends me the Airbnb listing for the place. And I just have to say, it is beautiful. It is cozy. But also an ancient building in the middle of nowhere, Ireland. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. very frightening. Ancient. <laughs> yeah, like, you look at it and you're like, oh, how nice. And then you're like, but I don't want to see that. I, I can stay away. Yeah. We were only staying two nights, and the first two days went peachy, playing tennis, eating, cooking our food for ourselves, and going on walks in the nearby woods and by the lake. Nothing unusual happened. That evening, around 6 o'clock, we got a call to say we wouldn't be able to get a lift home as Neve's grandmother had to go to the hospital, and she lived about two and a half hours away, meaning her dad would have to go over there and spend the night and couldn't get us the following morning. We were going to have to make our own way back. I myself am quite a practical person, and Jamie and I figured out mostly how we would get home, but we're stuck on getting to the first train station, as no taxis could figure out how to get to where we were. Oh, God. Thankfully, we met the woman who ran the place with her husband, and we were chatting to her about her dogs, because she had seven of them, which is like a life I want to live. Just in Ireland with a bunch of dogs. With seven dogs on a lake. Dreamy. Come on. And she offered to drop us off to the train station in the next town over the following morning at 8 o'clock. Which, so far, so good. One of the dogs followed us back to our annex, and we were more than delighted to have him with us for the rest of the evening. And the lady just asked us to let him out before we went to bed so he could go back to his kennel to sleep and go to the bathroom. Fair enough. We made a lovely pasta dinner, had a glass of wine each due to the fact that we would have to get up early the next morning, and as it got dark, we lit a fire and decided, seeing as it was clear out, we would try some stargazing before bed. We didn't want to walk down to the field below near the lake in the dark, as it was a five-minute walk through a field of sheep shit in the dark, and we all agreed that as entertaining as that sounded, we would pass, and we would lay out on a duvet on the end of the gravel drive out front. It was a secluded spot near the gardens and clear of any trees, so all we could see was the sky and the roof of the house. We had a magical time, and all of us even got to see our first shooting stars, so we were a little reluctant to head inside. By about half eleven or so, we were in, and I didn't read that wrong. I believe that's how they say it there. Half eleven. Okay. You were correct. And is that eleven thirty? I think so. Not ten thirty. Okay. I'm almost positive. Yes. By about half eleven or so, we were in the mood where you discuss all of life's secrets and the troubles that seem so big at the time, you know, usual sleepover shit. When both myself and Jamie, who was lying in the middle, both felt a sudden urge to look around. I felt as though someone had moved behind me, as if the surroundings had shifted slightly, if that makes any sense. No noise, but the fact that both of us felt it was odd enough. A few more minutes passed, and again, I scared myself, noticing a large figure against the night sky, just below my peripheral vision, below us to the right. 
I still remember the feeling of falling that I got as if someone was there where nothing had been. I didn't say anything as I didn't want to ruin the moment we were having and upset everyone before going to bed. But then the most whack shit happened. Something that is very difficult to put into words. Neve noticed it first. She said something along the lines of, The sky is looking a lot emptier. Does that make sense? Once she said that, we all started to agree, and sure enough it did. It seemed less full of stars. But as time went on, I realized it was like they were fading. We all got very confused fast, and in about a minute, the sky was completely black. I know that this was not due to any cloud cover. It wasn't that it just rolled in. The stars literally seemed to be turning off like they do when you see the sun come up. Only it was still the dead of night. Looking back, I also want to say it suddenly got very cold, but I'm not sure if that was just my imagination or my mind playing tricks on me. But then, the dogs around the back started to bark like crazy, and Neve said she was convinced someone had been moving between us and the door. She couldn't explain it, just saying the gravel was crunching and we needed to go in. We agreed. That was enough deep thinking for the evening. We grabbed our shit, not even putting our shoes on as we hurried across the gravel inside. We got to the door and I decided to flick on the porch light to see if there had been anyone out there or see if maybe it was even one of the dogs, but there was nothing. I also saw that there was nothing below us to the right where I thought there must have been just a tree stump or a garden statue or something, just field and gravel, and the sky was still pitch black. By now we were very freaked out, and Neve was getting very stressed, being the only real religious one out of the three of us. Not in a bad way, it was just very much for comfort. But she insisted on saying a quick prayer. Jamie and I closed all the windows and blinds and turned on all the lights, and I lit the fire back up. We were all too unnerved by what had happened and could not go to sleep, so we pushed the two double beds in one bedroom, and we all hopped in. No way was I going to sleep in the second bedroom by myself. Kind of like Absolutely how me not. and Tyler made you sleep by yeah, yourself on the forced Queen Forced me at the Queen Mary. It was awful. <laughs> Hated it. Nothing happened for a while. We packed what we could for the morning and sat on our phones. We were doing the BDSM quiz like all good friends do, and we listened to music. <laughs> Soon my phone was almost dead, so I went to put it on the charge, and then I realized the dog was still downstairs in the kitchen. So the three of us went downstairs to put him out. Again, no fucking way I was going down on my own. We opened the door, noted that the stars were back where they should be, and let him off to leave. But he wouldn't. We tried throwing a slice of ham out for him. Not an inch. Jamie had no patience and tried to shove him out a couple times before saying, Fine, it's your choice. You're a grown boy. She closed the door and locked it. That was when the fire started to spit and hiss. It started to smoke, and I quickly went to give it a poke to try and put it out, and it started to blaze to life. But the smell from the smoke was disgusting. Unnerved, I tried to put it out to no avail. I don't know what I thought would happen if I poked it. I didn't really think that part through. And then the dog started to bark. We started to hear a noise coming from what felt like above and below us, as if the whole house was creaking. It's important to note that the lights stayed on. Why I say this is because the Wi-Fi router went off and where we were staying had no signal. We tried to call the owners, but of course now we had no reception either. By now we agreed that we couldn't stay huddled in the doorway and we needed to go upstairs and grab our shit or at least see what could be making the noise. I was beginning to feel very sick and dizzy, probably because of the smell of that unusual smoke, but Neve was getting a weird rash that looked like bruising on her arms and shoulders. 
Oh my. Bruises. She had run to the bathroom across the landing to put some cold water on it, but started to scream for us, yelling someone was in there. At this point, she was the most stressed out out of all of us, and she was shaking and saying that someone had been behind her in the mirror. <sighs> so um, then she explains the hallway that she's talking about, for whatever reason, had a mirror at both ends, which just seems cruel. Like, don't do that yeah, to your that's, hallways. That's just that's, awful. No, 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 no. The house was still creaking, and I know that fire was still hissing downstairs as the smoke smell had drifted upstairs. We immediately went back to the bedroom and huddled up, comforting Neve, who had insisted we cover the mirrors in the hallway with towels from the bathroom. Both Jamie and I are not easily stressed, nor do I rarely fall into a panic, but this all felt so wrong, it was like everything started to happen at once. It was then that Neve stopped to hush us, saying someone was in the spare room. She could hear them in the room beside us. I'm not sure how she first heard it above all the sounds in the house to begin with, but sure enough, it was there. The sound of someone in what sounded like hard-soled boots moving around in the next room. No. This was by far the scariest moment of my life. I cannot begin to describe how afraid I was. And then came the part that I wish I could change. We sat there and did nothing. I know it sounds very anticlimactic, but it was all that we could do to just sit there and pray whatever it was didn't leave that room. And at this stage, we were all so tired and desperate for it to be over. Neve was holding down vomit, and I knew myself wouldn't last much longer either. The door next door to us opened so hard we heard it bang against the wall and shut. And then all the noises faded, except for the dog downstairs who had started to bark again. We did not get up to investigate. We stayed there and we slipped in and out of sleep till morning. The next day, we did not eat, just grabbed the rest of our luggage, cleaned up the pee from the dog during the night. We did not go near the room where we heard something. I also want to point out the Wi-Fi was back, but my phone was dead despite being plugged in that night. Jamie also had a smart watch she was charging in the room as well, and it hadn't charged that night either. Might not be anything, but I thought it was weird. Outside, we met the lady of the house and we hopped in her car and we left. The first thing she said was an apology for any disturbances last night. We assumed it was from the noise in the middle of the night. However, when we asked her did she know what it was from, she was confused and said it was just the house alarm. She had been woken up to it going off and was surprised that we hadn't heard it. Instantly, we started apologizing, believing it was our fault when we let the dog out before bed, but she laughed us off, saying it wasn't from us. It was one of the third floor attic windows around the back of the house that had been moved or pushed as if someone had been trying to open it, triggering the pressure alarm. Oh, goodness. She said the house was very old and the fittings may be warped and anything could have set it off. She wasn't sure what time it went off, but believed it must have been around one in the morning. Unfortunately, that's all I can report. I'm sorry the email is so long. I really didn't want to miss out on any of the details. After this, we all went to different colleges and didn't have much time to talk about what, what had happened. Neve still had the weird bruise rash the following morning, but said it was gone the night that she got home except for a small patch on her left shoulder, which went away the following morning. I had checked the garden area the following morning before we left just to be sure, but there really was nothing there, so I have no idea what the hell I saw. Another detail is the last time I remember noticing before sleep was 1.42 in the morning, sometime after the noises had stopped, but none of us recorded or have any memory of the time from around the event. I've also done some research, but I can't find any explanation for the disappearing of the sky except for cloud cover, which I know that it wasn't. 
Wow. <sighs> what on earth was going what on? on earth? <laughs> I... I feel like usually we can come up with some theories and discuss what could have been happening, but I am not sure I have any clue what was Me going neither. on. Me neither. I wow. I asked her, I was like, do you think like extraterrestrial? Because like this That's just seems like the first thing that comes to mind. Cuckoo bananas to me. But it also doesn't line up with any other possible alien stories that we've heard of some kind of like but who were these things that were people or spirits or what was it yeah i i i don't know i don't either i i I totally believe this story though especially when she was like and this is the part i wish i could change we didn't do anything we just sat in the room scared and it's like no shit there's no way i'm going out there because i don't want to run into a man or a beast I was going to say, you have no idea what it is. It could be an actual intruder who's about to murder you, or you might see, like, the most horrifying giant monster that you've ever seen in your life. Like, I I would have just sat paralyzed in fear the entire time. I know, for a fact. Basically, she was saying, Jamie feels that the whole deal with what happened inside the house was genuinely someone who had entered the house, which mm. she even said, which in my opinion sounds even more fucked up. Like, that's, like, not – that doesn't help. You know what I mean? No, it doesn't help at all. That's really scary. Which that would explain, like, feeling that there was someone watching them and walking behind them. It does not explain the stars going out. But again, like, maybe maybe it was cloud coverage. I mean, I've seen clouds at night, so I know what it looks like, and I feel like you can tell the difference. Yeah. She seems very sure that it wasn't. Yeah. But she also said, all of us agree that whatever happened to us never followed us home, as we haven't had anything like that happen since. Well, thank goodness. It's Ireland, though, too. So she even said, Neve thinks something supernatural came to us and followed us inside when we opened the door, which is a common feature of the Faye stories, as I'm sure you Mm -hmm. know. But I feel whatever it was was something cruel. I can't explain it properly, but when we were lying outside, this feeling of being watched and the weird event that followed felt like something wanted to get close to us. We didn't feel like it was inside until we opened the door to let the dog out in which the dog would not leave at all. Yep. And as we've said before, trust the animals. If they know something is up, something is up. So... Well, thanks for that horrifying story. That was terrifying. That was terrifying. And uh, man, she also ended (laughs) ended the story. And honestly, where did the stars go? Where did they go? I have the same question. Same question, girl. (laughs) I do not know. (laughs) I don't know, and I hate that we don't know. (laughs) Oh my! Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Well. On to the next horrifying tale. On to the next one. (laughs) This comes from listener Jory, who we interact with a lot on Instagram. Yes, which for so long I only knew Jory's Instagram handle. So when we got the email, I was like, Jory? Oh, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. I finally made the connection. So thank you for writing in. Jory says... This experience I'm about to tell led me to totally closing off as much as possible. I have always been sensitive, but this one, this story made me want to shut it all down. I don't see spirits, auras, energy, etc. I just feel them. Mm. Bad presents itself as heaviness in my chest and my upper back. 
when it happens, I feel almost as if I can't get a full breath. And this happened specifically in Pocatello, Idaho, my least favorite place in the world due to its negative energy and horrible things that have happened there in the past. And it's only an hour from where I live. My boyfriend at the time was enlisted in the National Guard. Once a year, the Guard does a drill that lasts for two to three weeks in the desert. His best friend was also enlisted with him, and I became close friends with his wife. They had an infant son, and they lived in Pocatello. But while he was drilling, that's what they call it, she was staying with her mother in Idaho Falls, where I live. She told me that her house in Pocatello was very dirty, and she asked if I would help her do a deep clean on it before her husband got back. I said yes, and we headed down. When we pulled up to the house, I had an anxious feeling right away. I wasn't sure why. I was a smoker at the time, so I asked if she wanted a quick cigarette break so I could try and calm myself down before we went in. She didn't know I was anxious. We went inside, and the heaviness hit me like a ton of bricks. It came at me like a wave or a huge gust of air. But not wanting to be rude, I tried to just shake it off. I figured it was probably the stress of the house being so dirty, because it was bad. She asked to give me a tour of the house, and we started in the basement. I hesitated at the stairs. Something was telling me not to go down there. She looked up at me, smiled, and said, It's okay. It's just Charlie. He's nice. Let me show you. I followed her downstairs. She showed me her bedroom, and then said she had a room that was really special to them. She literally had a gleam in her eye and wouldn't stop smiling. Her husband grew up in a family that practiced witchcraft. The occult was what he grew up learning about. So she opened the door, we walk in, pull the string attached to the light bulb, and on the walls are graffiti and glow-in-the-dark paint. I don't remember what it all said, but there were pentagrams and very angry things written as well as a dark cloth hanging along parts of the walls. In the center of the room there was a round table, and it had a black tablecloth on it with a pentagram. Around it were various crystals and candles. I was terrified. Something was wrong. Something was evil in this home, and seeing this setup confirmed it. I was only 17 at the time, so I was very unsure of myself and didn't trust my intuition very well, or I would have left immediately. What the fuck have you guys been doing? What did you do? I finally asked. She told me they had summoned a little boy named Charlie. She said that he was nice and was nothing to worry about. She seemed very proud of herself that they had called this Charlie thing into their home. But Charlie was not the only thing there, I could tell. I can't see things like I mentioned before, but I can feel them, and at times I can imagine them if that makes any sense. So something, someone, or some situation can play out in my mind without me physically seeing it. I could sense at this moment that there were three dark figures standing around the room. They were taller than the ceiling and leaning over us just slightly so they could fit in there. The figures were shrouded in black hooded robes and there was a shadow across each, each of their faces, but you could see yellowish glowing eyes and a toothy grin. I didn't notice them until I walked into this specific room, but when I did, I felt surrounded. I told her, I can't be in here, and I have to walk upstairs and go to the bathroom. I left her and her baby downstairs, and while I was in the bathroom, once again, I just knew that Charlie was in there too, and he was hiding. I realized that these things had to be evil if even little Charlie was afraid. After a while, she came up. Her baby was still asleep in the car seat carrier, and I said, Let's just get the upstairs cleaned. I'm not feeling too great. I went to the kitchen and turned to the sink, got the water running so I could wash the dishes, and then my friend walks up behind me and just stands there. I felt and envisioned the creatures once again. One was behind her, one to my left, and one to my right. They were slowly closing in on me. 
I whipped around to face my friend and I was pressing my lower back against the counter, leaning back as much as I could. She again just stood there, smiling at me, that same toothy grin and the glimmer in her eye that I could see in the others. I suddenly felt like I was being stabbed over and over in my stomach. I held my stomach, but there was nothing there. No blood, no knife, nothing. Then I felt it in my back and in my sides, so bad that I was literally crying out in pain, and my friend was just staring at me, face unchanging. I looked her in the eye, and her eyes were almost completely black. I could only see a faint outline of the blue that was in her irises. We have to leave, I yelled. We have to leave now. She tried to resist, but I grabbed the car seat in one hand and her arm in the other and ran out the door as fast as I could. Once we were outside and the door was shut, she suddenly was fine. The thing seemed to have stayed inside and her eyes went back to normal. She was asking me what was wrong and I said I refused to tell her until we got in the car and were actually on our way heading home. Once we got in the car and I explained everything, she told me that she didn't remember anything happening and sort of blew me off. So we were never able to speak about it again. In fact, I didn't speak about it for years. Fast forward to present day, we have recently just reconnected on Instagram. I started going through her pictures. She has four kids now, two boys and two girls. Her second boy is named, you guessed it, Charlie. Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) This one upset me a lot. Help me. Help, help, help. I, I, I hate all of it, especially that her friend just became this smiling clown that didn't know anything was wrong. In well, house. and I wonder if she did, because to me, it sounded like you were set up. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Like she brought her there for that purpose. Yeah. Um, like to sacrifice her to these ancient gods, because that's all I thought. I was like, these aren't ghosts. This sounds like cosmic beings it sounds like yeah. um like did you watch loki yes you know the timekeepers or whatever the yep. fuck they were called it that's what it sounds like, like the timekeepers they're just like waiting for her yeah or like creatures from hellraiser where it's Oof. like they're not evil but they're yeah. just sort of like beings that you know might seem evil because they just don't care they look at us like we're cockroaches right just unfeeling i hate it i know i hate it and it does seem like her friend ma'am there for that purpose (laughs) yeah Yeah. ma'am excuse me ma'am i'm happy that it sounds like they kind of took a breather and weren't speaking for a bit because i am worried about what could have possibly happened if she kept going back to the house or kept that relationship it just felt off but yeah And, hey, we just talked about witchcraft recently, so, like, this is no hate to witchcraft. It just seemed like the way the friend was talking about it, that they maybe were almost trying to use it for bad things. I don't know. Yeah. Seemed weird. I think it's weird that she called the ghost Charlie and then named her son Charlie. I immediately was like, okay, are they trying to bring the Antichrist into the world? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's sort like they of were trying to like, bring that soul in for their yeah. future child. Which, you know, I'm sure people do shit like that. It it always kind of like irks me when people automatically are like, I went and had this horrible experience and they were into witchcraft and there were pentagrams and all this stuff and, and I immediately am like, that doesn't make them evil and like doesn't make your experience evil but in this case it definitely seems like this person 
I would say the majority of people on this planet that practice witchcraft or practice Wicca or paganism or whatever w- would never ever fuck with anything like this. No, they would be and responsible. These are the people that kind of give it a bad name. Not you know maybe something else was going on. I'm just going off of the very limited totally. information I have about yes. this situation. We are going off but just this horrifying story. It, it sounds like something sounds was like, off. Yeah, it sounds like she was like, oh, this would be a good sacrifice to Charlie. Right. We have to make a sacrifice to Charlie to bring his spirit into the... You know what? I'm going to stop talking about it because I just heard a sound from my closet and oh, I'm done. God. I'm done. Yep. I'm done. Don't. Let's not mess with this anymore. <laughs> Maybe just reading the story Jory is thinks bringing something into our lives. Jory, Jory thanks for writing. we love you. We love talking to you online. Please yep. never stop writing us, but, but I'm, we're terrible. I'm done with this tale. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk about it anymore. Today we have a very special appearance on the main pod. It's your girl Amy Hanselman from Keep It Beard. What up, Amy? (laughs) Amy uh, wanted to step in. She got a very spooky story, and we wanted her to have an opportunity to share one for Halloween. We all want to be here to say Happy Halloween to you guys. Yes. Hollows, hollows ween to you all, wieners. Hollows ween to y'all, wieners. Um, so this story uh, was gotten off the Jezebel Spooky Contest, Spooky Scary Contest stories. Love spooky reading scary. it. Do they still do that every year? Girl, yes, they do. I love oh, it. Thank I you, Jezebel. Yeah. Um, we love and you, Jezebel. Quick, quick plug for the Patreon. A year ago, the three of us recorded an episode where I told another spooky story about a woman with a 600-year-old house, and it was dope. And Ashley talked about Baba Yaga. So $10 patrons, check it out. True. October 2020. That That was was such a fun episode. That is my favorite episode of the Patreon, I think. That was probably our best. Baba Yaga was like my favorite thing I've ever researched. She's Um, a dream. It was so good. Good <laughs> reminder, Amy. Thank you. Of course. Okay, so I'm going to be reading a story by Southern Gothic Dollhouse on Jezebel. Yes. I mean, and I believe her name is Southern Gothic Dollhouse on Instagram, too, if you want to follow her, um, at Southern Gothic Dollhouse. And she posts a lot of pictures of like, miniatures and it's all spooky manner inspired and it's just a lot of fun i think you should check it out oh she sounds like a dream Mm -hmm. she yeah all of the ladies who post on the jezebel scary stories are dreams okay so this story is called ghosts in the walls so she starts off by saying i'd love to share a story with y'all that i love though it's not my own it was told to me by my very sweet very irish mother-in-law who after telling me soups casually her grandmother survived the boston strangler by beating the shit out of him with her cane what oh yeah hell i have learned to shut up and listen when she decides (laughs) it's it's scary story time absolutely (laughs) Buckle up because it's one of those ones that'll stick with you, reminding you that the world is fucked up and creepy, or so we all hope with this crowd. Yes, the spooky crowd. 
So back in the early 60s, when the world was pretend safe and kids could ride bikes after dark, only getting abducted 10% of the time, my mother-in-law was a kiddo and her family moved into a military base after her father was restationed. Her sister was in college and was staying with them while she tried to cram some summer studies in. She describes the place as typical small town charming, not a ton of folks around, but lots of lovely nature and etc. She and her sister shared room and her sister used their closet like a little desk area where she would study late into the night before climbing in bed. The other part of the duplex was occupied by an old sweet vet in a wheelchair that would hang out on the front porch all the time and they'd make polite small talk with him when they went in and out. He looked pretty sick and feeble, so they'd give him leftovers from their dinner to make sure he was eating all right, that kind of thing. So after a few weeks of staying there, my mother-in-law's sister started saying things like, I keep hearing footsteps going up and down the stairs. I think there might be ghost children still here. It was weird because it's a single-story house. There used to be an attic, though no way to access it, so my mother-in-law chalked it up to her needing attention. Hmm. A week later, she'd say things like, you guys, I'm hearing scratching behind my walls. Do you not hear that? I'm pretty sure it is these ghost children. (laughs) The following week would be, ugh, it's getting so creepy. I can hear the ghost children breathing behind my wall while I try to sleep. And I keep smelling smoke. Do you think they died in a fire? All that good stuff you hear in these kinds of vintage spooky stories. She was clearly tuned into something in the house nobody else was experiencing. And being a practical lot, nobody was really keen to investigate. So months passed, but nothing came of it. The summer ended, life went back to normal. The sweet old vet that used to live in the duplex next to them passed away, and they were offered the opportunity to expand their living space across the rest of the property, which they hopped on pretty quickly. So once all of his things were relocated, my mother-in-law and her father dropped in to do a quick walkthrough of the additional unit to see what they were working with, figure out if there was a way to join the two units, all of that. So they're walking through the unit, looks exactly like theirs, mirrored in that spooky way you see your apartment neighbor's units that when you visit for the first time, you're socially required to say shit like, wow, it's like my place, but backwards. And everyone (laughs) pretends it's interesting because there's like nothing else to talk about. We've all been there. Uh huh. We've all done it. Wow, this place looks the same. Yeah, it does. Okay. Anyway. But there's this door they find in the kitchen that they definitely don't have in theirs. So they open it. Before them is a set of stairs that goes up, which is weird because they're in a one-story floor plan. So they figure it's the attic, in which case she follows her dad up the stairs to see what's up there. Fun! The stairs stop at a weird landing and then start to go down again. WTF question mark? So no attic. But now they're definitely going down towards their original unit and they start to get confused now. Where the F is this going if there aren't any doors in their place leading out? Why do people design things like this? It makes zero sense. At the bottom of the second set of stairs, they're met with a musty, dank smell that hits them like a brick wall. They find a light switch that illuminates a room no larger than a typical half bath, and it's absolutely disgusting. There are liquor bottles everywhere. Dirty magazines are stacked up like a lazily made side table next to this broken lawn chair with an overflowing ashtray of snubbed cigarettes teetering on top. They were so confused until they noticed light coming from a few holes in the walls. They peeked through and realized 
that they were looking directly into the closet of my mother-in-law's bedroom, the very closet her sister would sit and study into the wee hours of the night. Turns out that sweet old vet had been watching her for months, drinking, smoking, and thumbing through porn while casually looking through the peepholes at his leisure. The fire the ghost kids died in had been the smell of his cigarette smoke. As it was only accessible by stairs, well, he clearly wasn't wheelchair-bound at all. No. Thank. You. Fuck that. The The end. Fuck. I hate that. I hate that. At first, I assumed he had a squatter. Yeah. But it turns out he's the perv. He's the old perv the entire time, which makes it that much more horrifying. Yeah, I thought... It was a 50-50 shot, squatter or him, but yeah. it was him. I wasn't he even was thinking the him. I was trying to be nice, but he's the worst. Yeah, that's awful. I mean, when you read enough of these stories, it's like um, the other night I watched Arrival with my gentleman caller who fucking loves futuristic movies, and he guessed the whole plot like 15 minutes in, and then like an wow. hour in- I was like, oh, my God, here's the plot. And he like looked at me. He was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, you were being serious. And he was like, yeah, I guess the plot. <laughs> so when you read through 800 of these stories, True. it's like, all right. Yeah. No, the guy in the wheelchair, he's a fucking faker. He didn't I even, he's tell not even a vet. what happened to me and Joe today. So yes, we're about to leave. We had to go grab my car because I left it at Ben's house after the party on Friday and just didn't go back and get it. So we went to go get it this morning. We're about to walk out, and there's a guy, there's a knock on our neighbor's door. So Joe looks through the peephole because we're about to walk out there, and we're like, oh, do we have to put on masks? We're about to pass this guy, and he's just standing outside of our neighbor's door. Like try- It looked like he was trying to look through the peephole, which seems like silly because you usually can't do that. But Joe's like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. And I was like, all right, we'll just wait. He'll walk away in a second because they're on their honeymoon. So... Then, boom, 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 knock on our door, and Joe's like, hmm, so he's, like, looking out, and the guy's just standing there, so Joe was like, all right, I'm just going to see what this guy wants, so he puts on a mask, and he's like, hey, what's up, man, and the guy's like, hey, I'm here to, uh, um, God, what did he say, oh, I need to label your electric box, and Joe was like, <laughs> excuse me, and he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, they wanted me to um, label everyone's electric box, and Joe was like, who's they? And he said, you know, the name of our apartment complex. And he was like, okay, we haven't heard anything about that. And he was like, yeah, they forgot to send out the notice. And that's when we noticed this guy had a big screwdriver in his back pocket. And Mm-mm. we were, and Joe was like, hey, man, sorry. Like, do you, do you mind if I just say, no, you can't come in? <laughs> yeah. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Another neighbor said the same thing. And Joe was like, all right, sorry about it, dude. Have a good day. And like, shut the door. And it's like, yeah, maybe he was, but I've lived here for 10 years. No one's ever had to come in and label my electric box. Yeah, I don't feel great about that. And also, that was weird. (laughs) That's weird. That is so weird. Now I'll ask gentleman caller who is an electrician. I'll be like, "Is do you, we need to label electrical boxes? Because that yeah, sounds like bullshit this is real. to me. That sounds like absolute and utter nonsense. Why do you have to like label a guy it? With a screwdriver was coming to murder both of you and seeing right? who was going to let him in. 
Well, I sent an email to my apartment complex to see. I haven't gotten anything back, so I don't know. I mean, obviously, mystery solved if they're like, oh, yeah, we're really sorry about that. We didn't get a notice sent out. Or if they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm calling the police. Serial killer. <laughs> oh, my God. Because that was yeah. fucking creepy. I was really skeeved out by this dude. Yeah, if both of you had a bad feeling about him, it makes me think something was up. But also, I was just like, thank God for true crime documentaries and age, mm-hmm. because I feel like in my 20s, I would have been like, okay, whatever you say, come on in. But like now that I'm 33, I'm like, you're not stepping foot in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Older and wiser, baby. <laughs> I am too old to die young. Too old to die <laughs> young, <you> man. <laughs> Genius. That's right. Well, that story was amazing. Thank you so thank much, you, Amy. Amy, for reading that of for course. us today. Thank you for having me. And now I shall say goodbye. 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 <laughs> I have two I stories sent in by listener Deja. She's yes. the best. You might love see her name pop up in our Facebook group sometimes. We absolutely love her. She actually sent in four stories, one of which I read on this month's bonus episode of Keep It Beard. So if you guys want to check that out. Uh, But I have two more stories today. I don't know if I'll have time to get to both of them. I'm definitely going to read at least one. But I wanted to read both of these two together because they actually seem related. So I'll tell you the first one. If we don't get to the second one, I'll at least give you a summary so you can kind of know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. Deja says... Ever since I was a kid, I've had the most vivid dreams. Sometimes they're amazing and sometimes they're terrifying. Girl, I feel you. Mm -hmm. I am with you. That's me. Yep. But every time I've dreamt like this, it stays with me. I remember smells, tastes, conversations, everything down to the tiniest of details. I'll never forget them. They started when I was around 10 years old. It was also the only time I've ever slept walked in my life. I used to go over to my dad's house every weekend. I didn't have my own room since I wasn't there full time, so I I always slept on the bottom bunk of my sister's bed. For about a six-month period, I was having these horrible nightmares, waking up feeling like something was choking me or I was drowning. The worst was when I was running from something I could never see, but I knew that if I stopped, it would get me. I would wake up gasping for air or completely out of breath. I even had marks sometimes from where I would claw at my own throat as if trying to get whatever was choking me to stop. Jeez. I usually woke up the whole house as I would scream every time it happened. My dad and stepmom would just tell me to pray and go back to sleep. Insert eye roll here. My older sister, not really knowing what was going on, just wanted to go back to sleep. All I wanted was to not be alone. One night, my anxiety was really bad as the night before I fell off the bed from having such a restless sleep and I hurt my arm. I didn't want to go to sleep, but I was so tired. I only had one more night before I got to go back to my mom's house. When I was there, I did not have these night terrors. I had dreams and nightmares, but nothing like this. So as I was laying there falling asleep, sweating from the terror I was about to experience, a sense of calm came over me. It was like a wave of warmth, like an invisible hug. I get emotional thinking about it because that's really all I wanted and it felt so nice. I don't remember falling asleep, but I remember my dream vividly that night. In my dream, I woke up in my sister's room on her bottom bunk, but it was still nighttime. I remember thinking it was so dark, like darker than dark. Usually there was a glow in her room from the streetlight outside her window, but even the window was blacked out. I remember seeing a faint glow coming from the hallway, the side that led to the kitchen. 
To help paint the picture, when walking out of my sister's room, to the left was the rest of the bedrooms and the laundry room, and to the right was the kitchen and the living room. I remember walking out of her room into the hallway and feeling an overpoweringly cold and dark feel coming from the back part of the house, back where the bedrooms were. When I went to turn to see if something was there, the light that seemed to be coming from the kitchen got brighter, distracting me. So I turned and walked towards it and into the kitchen. The rest of the house just seemed too dark, darker than just the lights off. While the kitchen had no lights on, it just wasn't as heavy as everything else was. It was also a lot warmer, like when the oven is on and you can noticeably feel the temperature difference as you walk in. As I walked into the kitchen, I noticed the glow was coming from the window that was behind the table. It was a white-blue glow, like the moon, but it took up the whole window as if the light was right outside the window, shining directly in. Sitting at the kitchen table, blocking out part of the light, was the silhouette of a man. A black, featureless shape of a grown man. Normally, I would have freaked the fuck out, but for some reason, I was not scared at all. It was like he knew I was going to be there, and I knew he was going to be there, and that everything was going to be okay. His figure sat there looking at me, at least I think it was, I couldn't see his face. He stood up from the chair, but never took a single step closer to me. We stood there, in that kitchen, for what seemed like hours, neither of us talking, neither of us moving, but it felt like we didn't need to. It felt like being in each other's presence was enough. I didn't feel alone. I felt warm, I felt safe, and I felt at peace. As the hours of peaceful silence came and went, I never took my eyes off him. Partly because I wanted the feeling to last, and partly because I was afraid of what was behind me down the too dark hallway. I noticed the kitchen was getting brighter, this time with a warm yellow-orange glow. I thought to myself that must be the sun. At that moment, I felt a hand grab my shoulder, shaking me awake, and I turned around and it was my dad. He said he'd been trying to wake me up, and I must have been sleepwalking. I was indeed standing in the kitchen, and it was early morning. He saw me when he came out to make a pot of coffee. I turned around to see if the figure was still there, but it wasn't, and neither was the bright light. Both had gone, and it was just me and my dad standing in the kitchen. He told me to go lay down, but I wasn't tired. I felt well-rested for the first time in a long time. I thought to myself there was no way I could stand there all night and feel this okay, but I was a kid. What did I know? I chalked it up to a super weird dream of some sort. But that was not the last time it happened. For the next few months, every time I went to my dad's house, I had the same dream. I woke up, made my way into the warm kitchen with the white-blue light, and there he stood, dark and featureless, but so comforting. We stood together in silence, and every time someone would eventually come wake me up, whether it was my dad's sister's brother, or stepmom, and tell me to go back to bed, but I never did, because I never needed to. Until one night, it all just stopped. I laid down, went to bed, and woke up still in bed. No visits, no dreams, no night terrors, just sleep. And I felt fixed. I know it sounds crazy, but even though I still have nightmares and very vivid dreams, I've never had them as horrific as I did before he came. For years, I didn't tell a soul about it, mainly because my family didn't talk about stuff like that, and I feared what they would have said. As I got older, I would often think about him, the silhouette, what or who he was. I felt like he was protecting me from something, and I don't know what. I do know that as we got older, I asked my sister if she ever had any weird experiences in the house. She told me that she could never leave her room at night, that the hallway towards the back of the house terrified her, and sometimes it was so dark that it felt suffocating. She said when I started sleepwalking, she wanted to stop me from going out there, but was too afraid. 
She also told me that one night she tried to talk to me, told me I could come lay with her in bed and not to go out there. Supposedly, I told her that I was going to be okay and I was just going to go see a friend and I would be back in the morning. I don't remember this conversation at all, but I do trust that my sister wouldn't make something like that up. What's even more odd is that I never told anyone what I saw when I used to sleepwalk. I never said I saw a man. I just told them I didn't remember anything. My sister also told me that after I stopped sleepwalking, she was finally able to leave her room at night. There were no more dark hallways. Whoa. Very what? strange. What? Oh my gosh. What? What is going on? I wonder... I do feel like that figure was trying to protect her from something. Yeah, that take her, her was out like, of that bedroom. Yeah. Because there was there was like a darkness in there that she didn't need to fuck with, so he was trying to keep her yeah. where the warmth was. But yeah, um, and I also thought I, I want to talk about this next week on our episode. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about communicating in dreamlike states, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about again ETs, extraterrestrials. Man, I feel yeah. like. A lot of abduction stories are like this. Yeah. Where You're right. they are just taken to another part of their house or they go willingly. Or there was that one story I think I told in a newsletter about this guy who – the guy who made the alien pancakes. Do you remember oh, that story? Yes. Yes, of course. Where like people theorize that like – you know, he said he like went to the ship and he talked to them and they gave him these pancakes and all this stuff. But – um. <laughs> Which is like, what? Uh, but I I always, you know, people theorize that like he made the pancakes himself at his stove and he honestly, truly, honest to God, didn't believe it. And that yeah. I think can still be possible. I think that if extraterrestrials are real, you know, there's so many stories about them about how like they communicated with me, but they didn't talk. They use their mind. Yeah. And I think that some abduction experiences, I don't necessarily think a beam shines down and our body floats out the window, although up. we've heard that fucking story too. Mm-hmm. I think it might all take place in our in our subconscious. Yeah. And I mean, that's like basically everything that we discussed with Caitlin on yeah. our Aliens episode with her is that like so much of it can just be in your brain and throughout your dreams and you're getting you're having the communication with them through your dreams. So yeah, it's it's not a bad theory to say that she could have been having an experience like that. Regardless. Goodness. Yeesh. Yeah, that's that was scary. Uh, thank you, Deja. I Do you have an, one more story? I do. Okay. Why don't you tell your story? We'll see what the time is like, and then I'll, I'll finish okay. up Deja's. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, great. Yes. This is my last one, and it comes from listener and now friend Courtney, who also hosts the podcast Nefarious Nightmare. I love Nefarious Nightmare. You guys should check out I Nefarious know. Nightmare. They're new, and uh, They're Courtney new. is very nice. Yeah. Courtney is awesome. Like, I mean... Amanda and Courtney are both awesome. Go check out, but Courtney's the one who wrote in, so that's who we're talking about today. But go check out Nefarious Nightmare. They're new, they need some love, and they're right up all of your alley. If you like us, you'll like them. Here we go. This story kind of has a mix of a few things, but it's horrifying. Courtney writes, when I was 14, I moved in with my mom. About six months after that, my mom got with my stepdad at the time, and we will call him R. 
About a year after that, my sister also moved in. She and I had to share a room for a while, and during the transition of her moving in, she slept on the floor. R was an abusive fuck, and he loved crack cocaine. Hmm. If it looked like crack, he would smoke it. it. And this dude did the unimaginable to my family and especially to my sister and I. It was horrible. He had this big stereo that came from like 1987, and it was one of those record player, cassette player, radio, and record player situations all in one with these huge speakers. He stored it in our room because there was just no room for it elsewhere. I was an aspiring musician at the time, and I played a lot of keyboard, so I rigged it where I'd take some headphones and record my music from the microphone jack. Just for reference, I am currently 38, so this was late 90s at the time. It wasn't the ideal situation, but it allowed me some way to escape. It made good out of a shitty situation. Anyway, I had to set it up to where there was the main component, and then on the right of the component, the speakers were stacked on top of each other. There would be times where our dog would just shoot into that room as fast as he could, sit there, and bark at the speaker. But we really didn't pay much mind to it at the time. There was a night around the summertime where I woke up at 2 in the morning and noticed that things on my side table were slowly moving. I kind of passed it off as my eyes playing tricks on me, but dude, I was frozen in fear. I finally looked down to the floor to see my sister sleeping and thought, well, she's fine, so I'm just going to turn over, and if I can't see it, then it can't see me. Good plan. Then, yep, I was like, I would do the same. Then, shortly after, I had this dream and slash sleep paralysis, one of my actually milder ones, because I used to have them all the time, where I woke up and, of course, couldn't move anything but my eyeballs. I would look around, and everything in my room to room looked as if it was the same except i saw four shadowy figures in my window with hats going on on? i said um (laughs) sirs this is the second story of a two-story apartment and there is no stair or ladder to get to our window so how somehow i gather gathered enough courage to wake up quote unquote wake up and I was already terrified. I was fully awake this time. I turn over to try and wake my sister up and tell her about this dream when I see her standing in front of the stereo speakers, just staring straight ahead. I can't think of a good word, so I'll just say she was stoic. She was pale, she seemed to be glowing and wearing a white nightgown. And spoiler alert, we slept in sweatpants and t-shirts, no friggin' nightgowns. She was just staring straight ahead at the speakers and I said, B? Nothing. B? Again, nothing. Finally, I start to shout, B, what the heck are you doing? Then I hear a very groggy and super annoyed voice speaking back to me saying, Courtney, I'm trying to sleep. What's up? And B's ghost-like image suddenly disappears, and I'm talking to my actual sister. I told her about it, and of course it freaked her the hell out. So we're both sitting there stunned, and we ended up staying up super late because we were so freaked out. It was finally about six in the morning, and we both got back to sleep. But then we were both jostled awake to really loud noises coming from that stereo. She and I both shot up, saying something to the effect of, Did you hear that? What the fuck was that? It was as if we both woke up from the exact same nightmare. I told her I had just heard the words, All day, all day, all day, all day, day, from an angry man coming from the speaker. But B said she heard, Bail, 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 bail. We realized it was noon at this point because of how late we went to sleep. Nobody was outside, nobody was around anywhere, and that non-battery-powered radio was just on. Not plugged in, but the little red power light was glowing strong. 
Okay, so I cry several times that day because I am just full-fledged terrified and also exhausted. We had several other things happen with this damn stereo until the day that R left my mom for the final time. He used to do disappearing acts all the time on us, but he actually left this time and somehow magically left the radio behind. Gee, I wonder why. We dealt with some residual shit until we ended up throwing the stereo into the dumpster and then we never had issues again. R is still somehow alive and well. He has a Facebook and has now discovered a love of the insane clown posse and probably still loves crack. He looks even worse than he did back in the day, and I don't understand how that dude is still alive. You know... And that is the haunted stereo of Courtney's life that I don't enjoy. You know, when you talk about people who have uh, drug problems, addiction problems, they talk about having demons, you know, having to overcome their Mm -hmm. demons. And I really do think, not necessarily that they're possessed people, but I do think that they, they just, they're on such a lower vibrational frequency that they attract low vibrational frequencies and Mm -hmm. you know that's sort of what i feel the most comfortable calling you know quote-unquote ghosts is just like a vibration or frequency or something and when you have a high frequency you attract high frequencies and you know that because you see people uh you know i just look around my life and see like the people that i'm friends with the people that i connect with and they're all so wonderful and so lovely and nice and happy and it's like ah frequency attracting frequency like that's how that works you know Mm -hmm. i might not know the science behind it but i have proof and i think it's the same when you know people have talked about like being in bouts of depression and having paranormal activity start up in their house or being addicted to drugs and having weird shit happen in their house and i I think that Courtney even said that at the beginning of her email, you know, I didn't include her entire email because she, you know, sort of had a little backstory for what was going on. But she said that this story has always made her believe in the theory of an abusive or drug addictive person attracting something like that, like kind of what you were saying, but also that depression and anxiety can lead to that as well. So she was she's saying exactly what you're saying of just like him being in the house was attracting that energy and it was coming through that old stereo because again like we always talk about electricity and i think that was kind of like the root that things happened but to no surprise as soon as this guy was out of the picture and the stereo was thrown out like it was all gone like it was that man's energy because he was really battling some things inside i feel like marie kondo should visit this story be like, yes. if it does not bring you joy, but also if it brings you evil spirits, <laughs> get throw rid it of out. It. <laughs> you to don't the dumpster need it. immediately. <laughs> and again, guys, the dog. That was the foreshadowing, yeah, the beginning yep, of the yep, story. Yep, the yep. dogs always know. Oh, my goodness. Courtney, thank you for that wild story. And also, I'm so sorry for, I mean, everything you've been through in your life. It sounds yeah, like no you shit. have had... Had quite a life, but we we appreciate you still sharing your story and being an amazing, amazing person. Yes. Thank you, Courtney. Um, I think I have time. I'm going to do the very do last it. Deja story. Uh, she called this one The Lights. Ooh. All right, Deja. Deja. When I was about 16, I lived in an apartment with my mom and two brothers in Newport Coast, California. The location of our apartment complex was kind of weird because it sat in the middle of this large hill. 
And at the top were a bunch of houses, and at the bottom were some condos and the grocery store and a shopping center. There was only one way up and one way down the hill, so needless to say, it was a fairly busy road. It was the only way you could go if you lived anywhere on the hill. So one night, my mom and I decided to make a trip to the grocery store at the bottom of the hill. When I say hill, it's similar to a mountain, but it's not like a giant mountain or anything, so I'm calling it a hill. (laughs) Anywho, we decided to go down to the store to get some ice cream. It was about 7.30 p.m., and I remember checking the time because the store closed at 8 some days, and it was at 9 on others, and I wanted to make sure we weren't cutting it too close. On this day, it said that it closed at 9. I remember it had rained earlier that day, and it smelled so good outside. The sky looked so cool because the clouds moved out to the horizon, and they were glowing pink from what little bit of the sun was still peeking in. I love that sky. Mm-hmm. However, the sky above us was dark and clear, and you could see the stars. It was a very pretty contrast. As we were driving down the hill, looking at the sky, all of a sudden my mom hits the brakes and yells, What the fuck is that? I thought she saw something on the road, but when I looked at her to ask what she saw, she pointed to the sky. I looked up, and right in front of us, in the sky, was about 8 to 10 bluish-white circular lights in a perfect ring. Each light was the same size around, glowing with the same brightness, and they were the same distance apart from each other and formed a circle. My mom threw on the emergency brake and we got out of the car to get a better look. We watched as it slowly made its way across the sky. I grabbed my flip phone, yes I still had a flip phone, to take a picture, but it was dead. And I thought that was weird considering I pulled it off the charger right before we left. And I've talked about this before when I had my weird experience. Those old phones, it's not like iPhones where it's like, it's dead in a day. Those things were charged for like a week. So Yeah, they could kind of withstand anything. Yeah. You could even swallow them. So. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I forgot about that story. We stood there in awe for about 10 minutes and followed it across the valley. It went behind some lingering clouds and popped back out again, so we knew it was fairly high up. All of a sudden, it shot over the mountain as quickly as it showed up. We were baffled. We had never seen anything like it. My mom used to be married to someone in the Air Force before I was born. We lived next to an Air Force base in Vegas as well as our previous house in California. We know what planes and jets look like. This was nothing we'd ever seen before. The perfectly circular lights formed a perfectly circular ring, and in the middle of the lights there had to be something solid because it blocked out the stars in that space. The lights did not flicker. They weren't flares. We have seen flare shows. And they weren't balloons. And they weren't blimps. We were at a total loss. I told my mom we should go get our ice cream and tell the boys what we saw when we got back. We got in the car, but when my mom went to start it, it was dead. She didn't even shut the car off when we got out. She just put it in park and threw the brake on. We hadn't even noticed the engine wasn't running. We looked around and were finally aware that we're in the middle of the road. A very busy road, yet no one had come up or down it the whole time we were there. Regardless of who was coming up or down the hill, we couldn't leave the car in the middle of the street, so we decided to try and push it over to the side of the road. She got in the car to let off the emergency brake and to try starting it one more time, and it started! However, the whole dash was dead. No lights were working, the radio display wasn't working, nothing. I was just glad the car started, so I said, let's just go to the store, get what we need, and go back home. We can figure this out later. We got to the store without anything else happening. And when we walked in, the cashier said the store would close in 15 minutes. I told her I was sorry that I thought it was one of the nights they were open till 9. 
And she looked at me weird and said, it is. And I was confused, so I asked her what time it was. She said it was 8.45 p.m. I was freaking out. We left the house at 7.30. It takes maybe 10 minutes to get down the hill. We only watched the lights for about 10 minutes or so we thought. Yet here it's been an hour and 15 minutes. But to us, it was at most, at most 30. My mom just told me to grab the ice cream so we could go, and I did. And we sat in silence the whole ride home. I kept looking up at the sky to see if I could see the lights or the UFO or whatever the hell it was. I didn't see it, but what I did see was traffic again. Cars going up, cars going down. If we stood there for as long as we did, I want to know how it's possible that not a single car passed us going up or down the hill. When we finally got home, my brothers wondered where we had been. They said we were gone for over an hour. They tried calling my phone, but it was dead. My mom had forgot hers. We explained what we saw, what we could anyway. We couldn't explain how it took an hour to get down the hill because to us, it didn't. We still have no explanation for what occurred. I do know that ever since, whenever I drive or ride in a car at night, I always pay attention to the skies. So, <laughs> extraterrestrial. I in have. the words of Katy Perry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds. Thepathonic. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm now on the alien theory because you did say too. that these two stories could be connected, and that makes so much more sense to me now. Especially when you think about people who talk about alien abduction, people who have talked about having close encounters in their life and alien abductions and, and stuff like that. A lot of the time, it's not just once. Right. They have multiple experiences, almost as if these entities keep tabs on the same people. Yeah. For whatever reason, whether it's that it's just easier, whether it's that we're sort of like an endangered species, the same way that we put, you know, little tags on cow's ears or little like rings on birds' say, legs. Maybe Deja has a little tag. Yeah, I mean, that that's there's a reason that we have jokes about having like an implant, like a microchip right. implant, when it comes to abductions, because. People do seem to have multiple experiences, even when they move to a different part of the world or a different part of the country, they are easily found. And maybe it has to do with DNA. There's that theory. Yeah. That some people have DNA or maybe our ancestors, maybe they keep track on the same bloodline. Like, I don't know. But I, the reason I felt extraterrestrial with the man was... The, like, blue lights coming in the window. Yeah, the glow coming through the window mm-hmm. definitely was, like, that That had my, that had my brain going a little crazy of, yeah. like, well, wait a second. And communicating, you know, subconsciously. And then right. I read another story then, of hers, and then I read this one, and I was like, there it is. Well, and then this one is so much more, like, on the money of what we have talked about in abduction stories. And, the you know, the loss of time, the light in the sky, it's all of it. And so it's, like, for us to even have that little inkling with the Mm -hmm. first story, then now to hear this, I'm sort of like, oh, Deja. Okay. Deja, I think that uh, the good news is, though, especially since you've had that first experience and it was a very positive experience. And the second experience, creepy, but, like, you were fine. Nothing happened to you. I think that I would find comfort in that almost as if I was being maybe not protected, but at least kind of looked out for in some way. A little bit of like a a guardian angel situation or a guardian alien. Guardian alien. 
Yeah. I mean, you even felt the warmth from, you know, the first experience. You felt the warmth and the happiness. So it's sort of like, I don't think anything is out to hurt you at all. No. Which is good. That's good news. What I learned from this episode <laughs> is, that is that the world is a terrifying place. There is just too much about our world we do not understand. Almost every single one of these stories had to do with an entity, whether it was a human entity a uh, non-human entity, some sort of entity. And I know that that's a lot of ghost stories, but this seemed very like a collection of stories about things sort of invading your home or invading your private yes. space and sort of watching uh -huh. you, communicating with you, terrorizing you. Like it was very, and they all seemed like something different. They were all so different, but then also had some random similarities too, which was Bruising, interesting. Bruising, black eyes. Yeah. Silhouette, silhouetted people. Man, oh man. Shadow people. How Oof. do we do it every time? I don't know. I'm going to have some nightmares tonight. A fucking old lady with a scream mask face? Like, why? No, why is that, that image put into my brain? Yeah, I still, I don't, <sighs> I, I still don't like that. That story and Jory's story are going to have me, yeah. I have to like go watch something happy immediately. Yeah. I was going to go watch a horror movie, but I think maybe I'll be like, Joe, do you want to just watch Modern Family? <laughs> <laughs> watch a comedy. Or just watch a horror movie you've seen a million times yeah, that like won't affect you. Me. But <laughs> that is all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everyone who sent in stories, whether we read them or not. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. It's one of our all-time favorite things is getting to talk with you and getting to read about your experiences because hachi machi. <laughs> it is quite a time. Quite a time. Uh, we hope you have the spookiest Halloween in history. Make sure you're following us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast to keep up to date on what we're up to. Next week, here it is. We're being joined by one of our all-time faves to talk about something we've had on the docket for mm, five years. Uh, forever. <laughs> Eric from forever. Goth Yearbook is joining us to talk about... What? Dreams! We're talking about dreams! dreams. We're going to talk lucid Finally. dreaming, dream interpretation, dream science, and even night terrors. We've got a couple more stories to tell. It's going to be a really good time. I'm so excited to do my research and record this episode for you guys. If you love listening to our show, think about joining our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast where you can donate as little as a dollar or as much as $10 a month to our show and help us ensure that it lives on in the hearts and ears of thousands of weirdos all around the world. In return, you'll get discounts on merch, bonus episodes, and a monthly newsletter. You can also buy a t-shirt, hoodie, or tank top to wear around and spread the word about us by checking out our Tee Public store, and you can do that by clicking on any of our social media links or heading to www.keepitweirdpodcast.com slash merch. And our sign-off today is... This is Halloween. This, this is, is Halloween. 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 In this town we call home. Everyone hail to the pumpkin <laughs> Yeah, watch some horror movies, carve some pumpkins. Send us your decorations. We got a couple more today. Decor, and I'm so chance. excited. Everyone's got weekend. some spooky stuff going on. I love it. Have yes. a happy Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween, y'all. Enjoy it. And keep, keep it, it weird. weird.